Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. And welcome to another episode here of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. I'm your host, Mike Domish, and excited to be here with a very special guest, someone I've known for quite a while now, another fellow speaker, but just a brilliant individual on focusing on how we all pay attention into what we're paying attention to, how we pay attention to people. And so, so excited to have you on here, Neen. Uh, this is Neen James Irvin, who has a book coming out. So, Neen, I always let my guests tell a little bit about themselves instead of me trying to give your background. I think it's more authentic when they hear it from you. So, if you could tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, good day, everyone. And what a delight it is to be on this amazing podcast. I love what you're doing in the world. I love what you stand for. I know that your audiences love listening to you. So for me, I kind of grew up in corporate business, Mike. So I worked in retail banking, telecommunications, and the oil industry. Not a lot of chicks in oil in Australia, as you can imagine. Uh, so for people listening, I know I sound like I'm five, but this is an Australian accent. But I did become an American citizen. I think you know that. As an attention expert, I am obsessed with getting the world to pay attention, Mike. I think the reason is it strengthens our relationships, whether it's with ourselves or with others. Companies make more money and they, they really pay attention to profits and we can pay more attention in the world. And so I have the privilege of working with really cool clients from media, pharmaceutical, uh, healthcare, you know, so many great, wonderful clients. And I guess I'm like the Energizer Bunny for their meetings. So most of my work is as a keynote speaker, but I also do some one-on-one executive work, very, very high-level executives. And I think what's unique about me, Mike, is I have this global perspective, being Australian, but also being an American citizen. I've published a number of books, as you know. I'm excited about my latest project called Attention Pays. Um, And also, I think being the oldest of five kids, mindfulness is something you have to find. Like if, you know, the oldest one's always the responsible one, right? But you also have to be responsible for yourself and how you show up in the world and so my challenge the clients tell me they have challenges and maybe some of your listeners have the same thing uh there's never enough hours in the day or maybe they say there's so much to do they don't know where to focus first or maybe some of my clients say look they're just exhausted and so I fix that and so working with my clients through keynote speaking and one-on-one work allows me to truly help them show up as the best version of themselves and Let's go right with that. Let's go with the overwhelm because a lot of people absolutely can feel that no matter what area of life they're in. How do you help somebody who's just saying, I'm overwhelmed. I can't pay attention or focus because there's just too much coming at me or I can't be at a place of mindfulness when there's so much coming at me. Yeah, and I think it's really a symptom of what I call the attention deficit society that we're living in. Now, not ADD. I think ADD is very different. That's medically, uh, you know, we fix that. Basically, it's a condition that we need to medicate. But an attention deficit society is where I think people are walking around feeling overwhelmed, 
overstressed and overtired. In the book, we call it this over trilogy. And I think part of that is just stopping to recognize that, and I'm sure you have talked about this in many of the episodes, and that is that being aware, you had a whole episode on distractions. We are constantly surrounded by distractions, but we also are often the cause of our distraction. And so the first step I would say to our listeners is understand what are the distractions? Where are you being pulled as far as your attention? And then start in that place. Now, let's take technology as one of the potential distractions for many of us, right? We um, There was a study that came out of Harvard saying that we have this obsession with technology and our devices, and I actually think it's an addiction. And so when you think about that, we have to be very mindful about the way we use our devices. Uh, are we making uh, technology more important than people? When you walk into your home, are you acknowledging the person you share your life with? When a team member walks into your office, are you looking up from your computer to acknowledge them? In a meeting, are you smiling at someone when you enter the space and acknowledging those humans? When you get your coffee at your local place, do you acknowledge the barista? So I think we have to identify the distraction source first, whatever that is, and then we need to put strategies in place to handle those distractions. So when you're acknowledging, is it also engaging? In other words, if I look up at the barista and say hi, but go right back to my phone, which is what people are will do. Some people are like, no, I look everyone in the eye, and then they go right back to their phone. So is it also yep. a matter of how you, in your book, Attention Pays, about how you pay attention in the moment, not just, oh, I'm not going to look at my distraction, but actually engage in the world, pay attention at that moment. Yeah, and you know, one of the walking role models for this is someone that you and I both know as a dear friend, and that is the president of High Point University, Dr. Nito Cobain. The thing that impressed me most about Nito was when I was on campus with him, is every single student who approached Nito, he knew their name. And so Nito understands the importance of not just looking up, but knowing more about people. And that's where I think we can also think about how attention really pays. Using your barista's name will make you more memorable so that next time you go into that particular place, they're going to know because, you know, Dale Carnegie said out. Our name, a person's name is the sweetest sound. So it's not just about looking up from our device, Mike. I think it's taking a step further and truly being mindful that to that person in that moment, you want to make that the most important part of their day. So you looking up, smiling and using their name helps elevate that relationship. And it's absolutely about engagement. Do you also find that in personal relationships, how do you take that to that next level? Because, of course, with the, you know, it's very easy with family to not treat them as well as we do coworkers. Like we know <laughs> the coworker walks in the room, I stop what I do, I engage. Yeah. But my partner walks in the room or my, my kid or my parent walks in the room and, up oh, there they are again. So is it the same philosophy? And if somebody says, yeah, but it's different because I'm just not, I'm not trying to remember my kid's name or my spouse's name. I know that. So how do you take that to a higher level? Remember, I was the oldest of five, so my mom would go through every name until she got it right. You know, I'm sure yes. lots of parents who are listening to that totally relate. I think what it's about, though, Mike, is someone pays us to be nice to the people we work with, but no one pays us to be nice to our families. And so what we have to think about is the reason many of us work as hard as we really do is to create a lifestyle for people we love. That's why we work as hard, so we can pay the mortgage, put them through school, create vacations, create memories together. And so the reason we work as hard as we do is often for these people that we love, and yet those people get our leftovers. And so I think it's about creating some guidelines in your home. For example, one of the guidelines, you know my wonderful husband, Andy, and so uh, one of the guidelines we have in our home is that when we walk into our house, 
We make sure that any conversations we've had with clients or teleconferences or whatever all finish in the garage. So when we walk through the doors, we can look someone in the eye and say, hey, I'm glad you're home. And so that tiny little tweak means that sometimes I sit in my car to finish the teleconference and I could be there for quite a long time. But when I when I enter my home, I get to see my wonderful husband, and that in, that is there's that intimacy instead of just being on the phone and walking through the house. Another thing we have a guideline on in our home for the simplicity of attention is we don't talk between walls. So if he's in the kitchen and I'm in the lounge room, we don't try and have a conversation because that can be so unproductive and so unhelpful and annoying. Also, yes, exactly. It's so annoying. <laughs> and so I think that when you when you think about the simplicity and the fundamentals of attention, this doesn't cost us anything Mike and yet it will cost us greatly if we don't invest our attention because that's why people's relationships get damaged that's why I mean think about it there's like nine people die every day because of distracted driving people find it more important to update the status on Facebook while they're on the road instead of paying attention to the road and so in our relationships we have to think about the costs of not paying attention so when you are in your home being able to turn off television to have screen free time to have a meal with people that you care about but really have a meal actually enjoy the food and have a conversation as opposed to eating while the television is on now I'm not against technology I'm not against the TV. These are all fabulous tools that can help us relax. And yet I think what's happened is we've lost some of that art of engagement, of having those conversations. I think it's simple too. Like, for example, you might decide that you want to leave like love notes around the house. So, for example, if you're going out uh, out of town and you're traveling, you and I both travel significantly for work, making a little note to the kids or your partner and leaving it somewhere, they'll find it. If you have little people in your life, writing them little notes and popping it in their lunch so that they see that and they're reminded you thought of them, this doesn't even have to cost anything. And what it does, though, is says to someone, I see you, I hear you, you're important to me. And attention is very much about how we pay attention personally, professionally, and globally. I love it. Now, when you said, hey, we leave that in the garage, the work, do you mean the clients, the calls, but are you able to vent with each other? Because I could hear some people thinking, but wait a second, my partner is somebody I need to vent. I don't have other people to vent with. This is a person that I need to vent with at times. So that's different than I'm on the call with a client, therefore I'm not with you. If I'm venting, I'm with you. I'm present for you potentially. And I think if you're going to need to vent. So what I've learned about being married for like my entire life, okay, so I've been married 28 years. And what I've learned about that is that sometimes you want to have a conversation that says, uh, I just need to get this off my chest. I don't want it fixed. I don't need it solved. I don't want all the solutions. I don't want you to fix this for me, but here's what I need. I need you just to listen because I'm processing as I'm talking out loud. Or sometimes I might say to my honey, hey, I'm really struggling with this. What do you think about that? I need your opinion on this. And so what we need to do is if we are going to vent in any conversation, give the person parameters of how they can help you if you even want help. Sometimes I think we go into these conversations and because people care about us so deeply, their intention for us is to help us fix it, solve it. And maybe that's not what we need. Maybe we just need to get it off our chest and by talking about it out loud, it makes us feel better. But give people guidelines for the kind of attention you want. If you want their help, set that up. If you don't, just say, I just need to talk it through or I just need you to listen to my process. Yeah, I love that you're saying give that if there's a person who's venting, give that to people because in the show, we've taught people how to ask when you're the person getting the venting, 
are you right now? I want to best serve you and, and be in support for you. So are you looking to just have someone to be able to say these words to, or are you looking for someone to help? Uh, and that allows somebody to say, no, I'm just venting or, but I love that you're saying, Hey, make it easier than that. If you're the one venting, tell them up front, Hey, I'm about to vent and it's a pure vent. I need to do this. <laughs> I don't need any fixing. Just, can you listen? Uh, right. I, I love that. Cause then it doesn't put the other person in the weird spot of, am I supposed to be helping here or not helping? Makes right. it easier. And think about it, when you care about someone, if one of your boys came to you with a particular challenge, your fatherly instinct, your love of your beautiful boys would be, hey, how can I help you fix this as your dad, as your friend, as your partner? What do we need to do together? And it's just such a natural reaction. But sometimes the boys might just be looking to get validated on an idea that they have. And I think what we need to think about when we're in conversation with someone, whether it's a colleague or someone in our community or someone we care about, is let's set up parameters for what that attention looks like. If we're going into a conversation, let's be really declarative about our agenda. Here's what I need from you. Here's how you can help me. And that allows them to be more mindful in the conversation too. Because if you're looking for feedback, they're going to ask you what kind of feedback do you want? Or if you're looking to vent, they're going to say, okay, my role is to just sit and listen and be present with you. But we need to tell people what kind of attention we want. I love it. And in there, we talked earlier, you brought up, there's all these distractions outside of the most blatant distractions in the areas we've discussed about electronics, all that. What do you think is the biggest area people struggle in being present in those moments? I think that we are our worst culprit. We are the person who interrupts ourselves the most. We can blame team members. We can blame the kids. We can blame our puppies. We can blame our pets. But the reality is we are the one who interrupts. You see, when you think about the fact that you can't manage time, time's going to happen whether you like it or not, right? We all get the same 1,440 minutes every day. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been on this planet. You and I, same amount of time. You can't manage time, but you can manage your attention. And so we are 100% responsible for the choices we make about where we invest our attention, what I call intentional attention. So for people who are listening to this, I would start looking at yourself and thinking, what are you allowing yourself to get distracted by? So it's identifying, is it the head traffic? Is it the fact that you've got so many crazy thoughts going through your head that are not serving you that maybe meditation would be really helpful for you? Or maybe talking to a professional would be really helpful to you to calm down the crazy town. I know up here in my head, it's crazy town. But I get that about myself. So meditation is something that helps me do that. Even if it's only five minutes, it's having some kind of whatever your spiritual system is, whether it is a faith or a meditation or walking or running, but having a way to manage that. But also identifying, too, that sometimes we allow ourselves to uh, not be mindful and not pay attention because we have so many things that we feel like we need to do. So there's the other element of that is the expectation, expectations of ourselves, expectations of others. And we are often the worst at this because we have such high expectations for who we want to be in the world, how we want to show up. People listening to this podcast are doing it because they want to be better. They want to be more mindful. The kind of people that listen to your show are those who have these high expectations of themselves correct and so sometimes we get in the way of this and we're not fully present because we're so we're so focused on like where we need to be that we're not being present in the fact that we are beautiful and wonderful and successful and amazing as we are right here in this moment i love it and you mentioned for you it's meditation i know a lot of our listeners will always be like oh what form or what style or approach do you take to meditation because everybody likes hearing you know different versions of what people use and work for them what's your yeah. approach to meditation how do you <laughs> live with it in your life. 
I am certainly not the poster child for meditation, but here's how I do it. I have learned that the easiest way for me to do it is through guided meditation. And so I use apps. Now, the app that I'm loving right now is actually a Peloton app. Now, Peloton is a bike that I'm kind of obsessed with. It's a bike that goes nowhere, just for people who are listening. It's a brand of home exercise equipment. And so I've become part of this Peloton community. But they have an instructor, Colleen Saidman Yee, who is actually the wife of Rodney Yee. So if you know Yoga Circles and Gayan and all of that kind of brand, that she is one of those gurus. And she has five and ten minute guided meditations. And the beauty of me, for, for me is that it's on my phone it's on my iPad so I can do it while I'm on a plane I can do it wherever I am but what I've learned is for me I love to work out early in the morning and then meditation is the way I finish my workout so for me the way I put it into my life as a system is always at the end of my workout I just take five minutes to do a guided meditation now if I have trouble sleeping I use an app called Pazizz or the Energizer app which guides me to sleep and then wakes me back up that can be a another form of meditation and for me when I was running really actively I can't run as much anymore but when I was running really actively running was my form of meditation and so I would set my intention for the run of a a challenge I was trying to work out or a conversation I had to have or something I was grappling with and I would use the run to work it out it might even be a blog I was writing what would I think where would I get my research from and so I'd take it with me on the run I don't think here's what I learned about meditation I used to think I had to sit cross-legged and go, mm, and like chant and not have any thoughts in my head. I thought that's what like the big yogi people were like all advocating. And in actual fact, what I've learned is for me to make it work in my life, I have to see the thought come in, recognize the thought, and then let it go. And so I have to set it free. And so that's how I've learned to make meditation part of my day. I'm not really good at it. I can't sit for like hours on end and God bless people who have that skill. That's not me. And I do need it to be guided. But the other thing that I found is when I'm in nature, that's a form of meditation. There is nothing more spiritual to me than sitting and listening to crashing waves on a beach. It is like my happy place. That to me is a form of recognizing this amazing creation that we're all a part of. So I think meditation means different things to people but for me I need at least five really good minutes each day to get myself grounded yeah and that's what's so cool about it It is unique onto each person and some people will do 20 minutes twice a day some people do five minutes a day and that's why I love for listeners to be able to hear there's so many possibilities it's always need to hear each person's version of living that and you have a book called attention pays and we've been talking a lot about attention already so what does the book dive into What the book talks about is what I call the attention pays framework, which is what we alluded to earlier, that we pay attention in three ways. We pay personal attention, which is really who deserves your attention, and that's about being thoughtful. It's about professionally. It's really what you pay attention to, and that's about being productive. And then the last one is global. How do you pay attention in the world, and how do you be more responsible with that? Because it's about the choices we make and the actions we take. That's what we're going to call intentional attention. So the book lays out a framework full of strategies of how you can pay attention more in each of those areas, whether it's at work, at home, or in your community. So is it a hands-on, like I can pick it up, learn a skill or exercise and implement that that day in my life? 
absolutely. It's been designed for the leader. Now, when I use the term leader, like you have on your podcast in the past, it is truly about each of us leading our own life and making those choices. Most of my work is tends to be with corporate leaders, whether they're in sales or leadership. And so that's the space that I love to play in. So the book was designed for those of us who are leaders. And I think that's really all of us. And it covers whether it's the relationships we have, the communication style that we have. It's full of strategies of how you can make sure you're getting the good attention, not the bad attention, and making sure that, you know, when you're paying attention that you're consciously doing it. You know, sometimes people say to me, well, why aren't we paying attention? And I actually think that's the wrong question. We are paying attention. It's just the focus isn't isn't right. It's not on the right people, the right things, the right way. We are all paying attention. It's just not necessarily to the right things. Awesome. And so the book, they can get it anywhere, right? They can get yes, Amazon they can. everywhere. Yep. The Kindle version. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. Very cool. And for anybody wondering, that's Attention Pays Neen James, just like it sounds. That's a cool thing. You have a name that is easy to, to say and spell right after you say it. Cause, and there's only one online, so that makes your life even easier. Oh my goodness, that's super easy. Especially with a title like Attention Pays. You, you know, you could think somebody might have tried that, that idea before, but you're the only one, which is that much more awesome. So it makes it easy for everybody to follow, which is very cool. Now, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, you do both coaching and you do speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, bestplacenamejames.com? Absolutely. There is only one, and that's going to be the source of all the ways to connect. On social media, there's still only one Neen James, so you'll find me on social media as well. Very cool. Now, in addition to your book, what are books that have been highly impactful to your life? You know, there's so many books. Um, I guess it depends on the area that is important to people. If you think of books like The Four Agreements, which talks about the agreements we have in life. If you think about one of my favorites is How to Win Friends and Influence People, written in the early 1900s, but I think his advice is as true today as it was back then. And so some of these books are ones that I absolutely love. One of my most favorite relational books is The Five Love Languages, where we help understand our own love language but that of others. Uh, when I'd been married 20 years, I read a book called His Needs, Her Needs. And I think for our listeners, it for me, I'd been married 20 years. And I was like, why didn't I read this when I first got married? Like, I learned so much about my partner. And I think that that's a really phenomenal book when it comes to the relational side of what we do. There's so many business books that I love. But I think when it comes to being super aware It starts with us, like, you know, how are you showing up and what are you paying attention to? And then who are you paying attention to and helping them be the center of that? That, Oh, my gosh, I could I could rattle off so many books, but they're just a couple (laughs) that come to mind. That's awesome. Neen, I want to thank you for joining us. You've shared so much brilliance. And for all of you, if you can hear her passion, her energy in Neen throughout this podcast, you ever get to meet her in person or experience her live program, she brings that all to stage. It's awesome uh, and incredible. I I love your story you shared with all of us in that story about life experience on the whole cuddles approach. Uh, But I'll leave that for people to get to experience live. Because that is in and of itself a very special. So I want to thank you for joining us and sharing with us. It's my privilege. And once again, thank you for everything you do for the listeners. Your podcast is phenomenal. Well, I appreciate that. Now, for all of our listeners, you can find out all about Neen and our show notes at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And may you make today and every day a little bit of mindfulness and may you let love lead the way. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, 
want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.